Good morning. Yeah. Hope everyone's enjoying this absolutely gorgeous fall that we're having. Wow, what a what a blessing to have so much more sunshine and blue sky than the normal. Thankful for the rain when it comes to um, anyone here enjoy enjoy walking, walking out in the the beautiful weather, maybe running, mm-hmm. yeah, hiking. Still some good hiking happening. As the as the seasons, uh, oh, there's still rock climbing happening right now too. You know that too. I just went yesterday. It's good times out in Canard when the sun is shining. Um, mountain biking still happening. All those good things. Soon the snow's going to come, and all the the ski enthusiasts are you know going to get their ski tour equipment out around here. Big, go into the back country, do some ski touring. Um, you know our pastor Jesse. You know he's probably getting his his sled, his skidoo, like ready to roll, because uh, he loves going out in the mountains. He lives in the mountains, and uh, he loves just playing freely up there. Maybe you're a snowshoer, or maybe you just love to walk in the snow. Maybe skate. I don't know. In the summertime, I don't know. Anyone here love swimming? I love swimming. Um, kayaking, canoeing. So many things that we could do. So many amazing things. We were designed to do all kinds of really fun, wonderful things that take effort, but bring life, that are rewarding, that are, um, give us a sense of accomplishment. Um, I want you to just think about your favorite activity. Maybe it's walking, swimming, skiing. Now I want you to imagine doing it with a huge backpack full of rocks strapped to you. Or you imagine, you know, doing it with uh, maybe your hands or your feet kind of tied together. Now all of a sudden an activity that brings you life and a sense of reward and accomplishment is now a purely miserable thing. Something that um, is frustrating, hard. And the truth is, there's no doubt that the Lord has given each of us a race to run. One that is designed, tailor-made just for you and just for me. But we do have the tendency and the capacity to sometimes encumber it, bring burdens along, and entangle ourselves that make a race that is meant to be satisfying hard work sometimes, challenging sometimes, but truly rewarding and satisfying become a really miserable thing. I believe the Lord wants us to run free. The verse that, uh, the passage of scripture that <clears throat> just kept coming to me for today's talk was uh, in Hebrews 12. Uh, the first couple of verses in Hebrews 12. It's right after uh, Paul just, you know, mentions a whole bunch of characters in the Old Testament that had really faithful walks with, with the Lord, that, that faithfully continued saying yes to him, and he accomplished some pretty cool things uh, for the kingdom in their lives. And he goes on in, in chapter 12 to say, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He's writing your story. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame, throwing off the shame, kicking off the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, my, my prayer and my hope for us today is that those of us who've walked in with, with some heavy burdens, with some things that are entangling you in your heart, in your spirit, in your life, that the Holy Spirit will work in us this morning to start to help us to become more free. Um, and again, he's the author of this. He's the author of this. I, I don't want to bring to you today another to-do, another thing to add to your to-do list. Okay, um, make sure I get unentangled and unencumbered. We're not meant to do this alone. So I guess in a way he kind of showed me maybe three, three steps in this direction. The very, very first and the most important always is to fall into him. Becoming unencumbered and unentangled is a process that happens that starts with first receiving Jesus and falling into him. Even now, right now, your heart, your mind, your soul is invited always to fall into Jesus. Come to the cross. Get on your knees. Sit with him on his lap. And if you're having trouble with that, if, if there feels like there's a barrier between you and Jesus, to come and just fall at his feet, to come sit at his side, then I, I really encourage you to know that the reason why he died on the cross the reason why he paid the penalty for our sins is because that absolutely makes the unhindered way for us to be in intimate fellowship with a holy God. So fall into him because he has come to set us free. Jesus said, he quoted Isaiah, and we see it in, in the Gospels. When Jesus started his ministry, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. He desires us to be free, to be light, and he has come to do it. He who calls you onto this race that he has placed you on is faithful, to see you through and to do it. His desire is for us to be light and free. Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable, some translations say my yoke is, is easy. I like this translation comfortable because 
something that's comfortable is uh, usually really tailor-made for you. My husband, he's, a, he's six foot seven, and he's been in the process of, of trying to find a tailor who can make him a suit that will look good and feel good. And it's not easy. Um, we're probably gonna have to make a couple trips to Kelowna for that one. But something that's comfortable is because a master tailor has designed it just for you, for who you are and how you're built. And Jesus is saying, Jesus, who is the author, the writer of our stories, he's saying, my yoke, ah, it's going to be comfortable for you. It's going to be made just for you. And my burden, it'll feel light. Just like doing all these enjoyable activities like running or walking or swimming or skiing or kayaking, like they take effort. It takes some investment. Heck, it takes some sweat. Sometimes there's even a little bit of suffering. But it's, it's rewarding. There's a sense of accomplishment. There's purpose. There's meaning. And it's made for you. And so Peter goes on to say, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So this just brings home the first point, that first step in becoming unencumbered and unentangled. Bring yourself to the Lord. If you've been feeling extra burdened these days, extra heavy, I don't know how he does it. When you come into his presence, when you just give him some time and draw near, it's his presence that does it. It's his presence that does it. He's the answer. It washes away the burdens. It washes away the fears. It washes away the hopelessness and restores hope and assurance. And maybe it's because when you're reminded that God Almighty is there with you, what more do we really need to know? I'm ready to run the race. And he invites us, like he actually invites us to come and just cast ourselves and all of our anxieties onto him. Again, as we see Paul saying in Galatians, he just reemphasizes that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is why. He didn't set us free from, from one prison only to place us into another. He really did set us free for freedom. And so stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus brings us a yoke of sonship, of brotherhood. So that's step one. <laughs> and if that's where you start and you end, I have no doubt that the faithful one who's writing your story will do it. Fall into him. Spend time with him. So, spending time in his presence, there's nothing sweeter. But I tell you what really helps me, and I know many others, to really grab hold of him, to really experience the transformations that come with being in him, is to get into the word, is to get into the word. I cannot be reminded of this enough or encouraged of this enough. 
the word of God absolutely transforms, changes, encourages, affirms, empowers. So many years ago, like I'm a therapist and I, I've known since grade 12 that I wanted to be a therapist, a counselor, like a mental health counselor. But I was scared to pursue it. I meandered to every other possible outlet that could maybe fulfill that without actually pursuing the, the initial four-year undergraduate degree followed by the two to three-year master's degree, all the investment and the time that it would take without any you know, guarantee that it would work out. I was so scared. And I continually avoided it while, while knowing it was something that the Lord was putting on my heart. And I was also a new Christian. I, you know, I started following the Lord in, when I was in grade 12. So for you know, years, I just kept spending time with him, spending time with him, spending time in his word. And um, I don't know, when did I take my undergrad? Maybe, maybe about 15 years ago, 12 to 15 years ago, I was in Proverbs. I was reading a proverb every day, which was, which was really helpful. It gave me a, a lot of wisdom. And, you know, and, and again, knowing I just needed that courage to take that step of faith, and I just didn't have it, and, and boom. I was in Proverbs 4, and I guess that was the day, and that was the scripture that the Holy Spirit knew that he used to give me what I needed to finally take that step of faith. And it was, I mean, the scripture for all these purposes are kind of irrelevant, but it, it did happen to say, it was Proverbs 4, 11 and 12, I have directed you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your, your steps will not be impeded. And when you run, you will not stumble. And whew, I guess it was just my time. The way that scripture landed on my heart, it just gave me the power and the resolve and the courage to just finally go for it. And it was those two verses that carried me through my entire undergraduate degree. Which then because, you know, God led me to have that experience, it built my confidence. I thought, okay, I could do this. And then taking my master's was easier. Because the word of God is Jesus. It's him in yet another form that comes and transforms our hearts and our minds to walk more freely, less encumbered, less entangled. John 1, verses 1 to 5 say, In the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Talking about Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Paul talks about the Word in Hebrews 4, and I love this verse. It, it just nails it, what the word can do in our hearts. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Reminds me of like probiotics. Are you familiar with probiotics? You know, you take this supplement and, and when it goes into your system, these live little buggers, the billions of them, actually go in there and they transform the environment in your gut. And I think that's like the word of God. Like it gets in there, it gets into every part of your being and it starts to transform you. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Notice it didn't say that it judges you. It doesn't judge you. The enemy of this world has been judged and he has been cast out. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. We are his sons and his daughters. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But boy, the word will get inside of you and it will look at those thoughts. It will look at those attitudes. It will be able to identify with like laser-like focus which ones are, are encumbering you, weighing you down, leading you astray, discouraging you. And those things will run when the truth comes and gets into your soul, into your body. Jesus said in, in John 8, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, I have no doubt that the Lord, when, when, when you're in his presence, and he, he fills you with him and his word, that, that because he so desires you to be free, because he so desires you to be unencumbered with, with fear, um, with hesitation, with the things that weigh you down from running that race. He'll probably give you as well an opportunity to step into something that will solidify what it is he's doing in your life. A little step of faith that will, that will prove that you can do all things in him who gives you strength. And so when that inspiration comes, when that he fills you with himself and the courage of his word, oh, I encourage you to take that step of faith that he no doubt will probably place in front of you. And that's good psychology too. We know that our thoughts affect our behaviors, but our behaviors, our behaviors really influence our thoughts. You know, in, in counseling, we always say avoid avoidance. You know, our fears will cause us to avoid certain things, and the more that we avoid things, the greater the fear grows, and the less evidence we have to prove what is true. And so we avoid avoidance, and we step out courageously. And so as you fall into him and grab hold of the word and the truth that he places in your heart, and he's pointing you in direction, say, let's, let's run in this direction. I encourage you to go. So now we get to the lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles. We don't start here. We don't start here on our own, by ourselves, as though it's another to-do list. Walking with Jesus is so not performative. He is not sitting there with his feet up on a stool, you know, just waiting for us to be good boys and good girls. We are good. We are good in him. And as we lay at his feet in his presence and consume him, wow, laying things aside, the encumbrances and the things that entangle us do become a lot easier. These are just some examples that, that came to me about things that really can weigh us down. These are the backpacks full of rocks that make our journey miserable. I'll, I'll just kind of go through them, but I know I'll leave it to the Holy Spirit to work in each one of us to, to do that in you. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. But I, I'd have to say that probably the number one thing, the heaviest, most encumbering thing 
that, that missing the mark that, that makes our journey so brutal, our lies and unbelief. That's why spending so much time in the Word is so critical. Lies about who we are, lies about who he is. Um, this world needs hope today. We need hope today, don't we? I would say hope is probably the greatest commodity on the planet right now. If you can find hope, oh, you kind of have everything. Like, I mean real hope. The lies of the enemy come to steal and destroy that hope comes to cause you to really question, is God really for me? Does he really have this? Does he really have me? Can I really rely on him? Are his plans really good? And the truth is, yes. Yes. And that's why I go back to that initial step in all of this, because when you spend time in his presence, you just know that. That just becomes so obvious and clear. There's no convincing you when you experience the presence of Christ. You know the truth. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Easier said than done. But when you spend time in him and his word, in those moments, you know. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so to guard our hearts and our minds. I encourage you to take check, to take account and inventory about the thoughts that are going through your mind. Are they gratitude? Are they truth? Are they pessimism? Are they complaining? Are they lies? Because Paul makes it really clear. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So just even just take a check right now. As you perceive your life in this moment, your day-to-day, -day, or a particular circumstance that concerns you or a need that you have what lens are you looking through is it a lens of i'm alone in this world it's not going to happen this is not fair or is it through the lens of jesus god almighty who was and who is and who is to come and the one whom there is no variation of shifting shadow, the one who was good before and will continue to be good, the one who says, I have a plan. I have a plan. I will sustain you. I'll be with you every moment. And you just keep praying to me, I have a plan. I got you, and I got this, and it is good. I am... Um, Man, I went through like a really challenging year this last year. And um, and I asked him at one point, I said, God, who are you to me in this season? He said, I'm the giver of gifts, and I give good gifts. 
And that is a promise and a truth that I am holding on to. And I just encourage each of you, if you're, if you're feeling a sense of hopelessness, if you're afraid, if you need some encouragement, as you spend time with him, just ask him to show you in his word. Show you as you sit with him who he is to you in this season. Um, I listened to, to Bill Johnson from Bethel Church in California once in a while. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> he described this. If you have heard of that verse, um, it's in Romans. It says, God works all things together for the good of those who, who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Well, Bill gave this really great uh, analogy about that concept, and I just loved. Um, he and his, his wife, who has now passed, and he was actually preaching after her death. It was, it was in regards to the, the challenges of that. And he was just recalling a time when him and his wife had gone to like a three-star Michelin restaurant, which um, is, you know, very expensive. And when you go to a restaurant like this, whatever is on the menu is what's on the menu, and that's what you're getting. You know, they tailor make, these master chefs just create these wonderful, delicious meals. Those who come, they simply receive what is on the menu for that evening. And um, Bill sits down, he looks at the menu, and he sees that what he's going to be getting for the first course consists of his two least favorite things in the whole world. Oysters and caviar. <laughs> Oysters and caviar. And he's thinking, oh, I'm paying way too much for this. But these master chefs, they take Bill's two least favorite things in the whole world, and they work their magic. And they combine it into a dish, some other ingredients. They present it to him. And he takes a bite, and he says, he goes, I could eat a chili bowl full of this stuff. <laughs> it was so good. And that is the God we serve. That is what he can do. He can take all these things, these things that maybe are just so painful, or so hard, or so distasteful to you, and he can work them all together for your good and according to his purpose in your life. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Bill just summarized that by saying, I don't know what it is, but I know that it's good. And you know, maybe you're in a season where you're like, I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work out. I really don't. Or I don't know what's going on. This just Everything just seems opposite or backwards to what I wanted and what I think I need and how it should go. But I think we can honestly always say, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know that it's good. I know that it's good. Some other things that can really encumber us and weigh us down, and again, I'm just going to leave this to the Holy Spirit to, to gently speak. To, he's the one who's gentle and humble in heart, <laughs> not me. He's the one who knows, like, he knows where to place those, those sweet convictions that will encourage you to, to come to him. And to lay aside the things that you know are standing between you and him or, or weighing, your, weighing you down on, on this otherwise, you know, race that's tailor-made for you. Um, is there another master in your life other than God? Is there something else in your life that you're living for, that you're placing above God? 
that's really weighing you down, that's sucking the life out of you, that's causing you to live for something that is not going to give you life back. If you're not so sure about that, a good question to ask yourself is what are you absolutely terrified of losing? What at the thought of, of you losing leads you to think you're going to lose your mind? You know, I think of King David, you know, and what an example to us, a man after God's own heart who, who really did come to the place where he said, Lord, take anything from me, but don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I tell you, if you're at that place, you're in a good place. God will never leave you nor forsake you. But every other master in this world, every other God in this world will. will. Autopilot busyness and, and shooting yourself. Um, are you shooting yourself? Are you shooting yourself? Or are, you, are there things that you're doing that is just making you busy and stressed and crazy and the only reason you're doing them as well, I guess I should. That's what I've always done. That's what my mom's done. That's what my mom's mom's done. That's what my mom's 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 done. That's just what we do. So I guess we should do it. You know, I was at um, Thanksgiving dinner a few weeks back and sitting beside somebody who we were just exchanging like the normal niceties, like, how are you? How are you? And I could tell she was just really, really burdened. She was tired. She was stressed. And I asked her kind of what was going on. And you know what it was? It was her yard. It was her beautifully landscaped yard that her and, and her husband are very gifted, very gifted at, you know, manicuring and tailoring. They have amazing gardens and shrubbery and, and flowers and landscaping features and all these things and it's gorgeous but she said you know like we just can't keep up anymore it's so stressful and, and I'm thinking to myself okay so throw it off there's no law last time I checked the criminal code there is no law saying that you need to have 50 different landscaping features in your house that causes you to work like you're your fingers to the bone and you know and there, there was a time where that was the season for them it brought them life but sometimes seasons change maybe the season is changing notice it let go of it get a bulldozer flatten it throw some seed on the garden plant grass it's okay there is a season and a time for everything so so are you shooting yourself are, are you are you crazy busy or stressed with something and you don't know why? Because we don't know our why, usually it's hard to do the how. Okay, here's another pretty heavy one that'll weigh you down. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. As you know, the only one who really suffers in that scenario is, is ourselves. It usually means that we really are still being victimized by what's happened. The bitterness will weigh us down. This is a whole other topic. But if you know that's you today, I just encourage you to come to Jesus. Come to the foot of the cross. Come and receive his mercy. Because the more you receive of him, the more you have of it, the easier it will be to give to others. And again, unforgiveness, or forgiveness is not saying, yeah, what they did was fine, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. But it's a process 
of validation, of acknowledging what has happened, bringing it to the Father, the losses, the hurts, the pains, the injustices, and letting him walk you through a process of being able to break free from the bitterness that holds you down, from the need to punish that person and be the one who is the judge, because you're not. That's not a burden for you to bear. Vengeance is his. Let him carry that weight. Let him hold you in that space. Let him take you on a journey towards being able to let it go so that you can run the race free. Again, it's a whole other topic, and, and this is not me saying, oh, just forgive. I know it can be hard, but if you know that's a weight that's weighing you down, spend some time with the Lord on it. Talk to somebody about it. Maybe get a counselor, because that's a heavy burden. That's a heavy burden. Pains, griefs, disappointments. Again, I, I'm just going to go back to the, to the first and foremost step. Bring them to the Lord. Sometimes we actually forget that he really cares and, and invites us to, to share with him from the deepest of our places, from the depths of our heart and our soul. Are you carrying around a big cry that needs to be poured out to him? Are you carrying around disappointments and griefs and pains and you haven't poured them out and expressed every one of those to the Lord? Because I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to let him hear it all. Pour it out. Let him hold every tear. Let him hold it all and hold you in the process and lift some of that burden from you. You know, going back to the original verse, Jesus, we see that he, he did carry a cross. He carried his cross, despising its shame. Why, how? For the joy that was set before him. So as you're considering, Lord, what, what race would you have me run? What, what path do you have me on? What's, what's that purpose? What's my cross? I think a good question to ask is, as, as you as you look at the various things that are presented before you is which ones have a joy that is set before you? Which ones have a joy that is associated with them? When you have joy associated with, with the journey that you're on, man, are you running free. For the joy that is set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Okay, so just kind of circling back to um, the series that Jesse has started with us, which is the, the Fruit of the Spirit. Um, he started off with, with love last Sunday. And so I thought I would kind of circle back to that in, by, uh, just, by just touching on how it is that we can fuel each other. We have such power to fuel each other in running free. We have such power to, to help each other, to, to heal, to, to throw our burdens off. And, and that really comes in the form of loving each other and being kind to each other. You know, I, this made me just think of a few times when, when people have really, really come through for me and loved on me 
and as a result lifted me up, untangled me, helped just heavy weights to fall off of me. Even yesterday was a great example. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, my husband and I were out rock climbing and I was, I was actually having kind of a, a rough day, a rough start of it. I was feeling really teary, just kind of like, um, yeah, extra teary, extra emotional that day, really low energy. Um, sorry, guys, TMI here, but like just a really heavy period day. Like it was like, but it's a reality we live with. And I was just like, and that just kind of affects everything, you know, like physical, psychological, social, spiritual, it's also interconnected. So... Um, maybe just that physical component was just really weighing me down and um, so I started on this climb and and the crux of the climb crux just means sort of like the hardest part of it it was it was kind of right at the beginning it was just really tricky at the beginning and um, already feeling kind of weak I'm just like slapping the rock like just not feeling strong and um, you know, I kind of get on, and I can't figure it out, and I get on again, and, and finally I, I muscled through, and I kind of got up just maybe the first 20% of it, and uh, it just wasn't feeling really awesome, and I just kind of looked down at Jer, he's, he's, you know, laying back on the, he's on the ground just belaying me, and I just looked down at him, I go, I just really feel like crying, <laughs> and I'm like on this cliff, just like on the side, and I'm just like, I just, I just feel like I want to cry. And he just looks up at me, the kindest eyes, and just a loving smile. He says, that's okay. I got you. Feel free to just sit back and we could just have a cry. <laughs> just that kindness, you know, just that compassion. And also just, it was kind of a hilarious thing. <laughs> We're just sitting there hanging around. And it just, it just, I don't know, just how much it filled my heart, and it fueled me. And I just, just scooted up that climb like nothing. It was, it was just such an example of how the kindness and the compassion of others can just really fuel and lift us up. Um, I also just, I just thought of um, a few times that, you know, my family has been so loving and fueled me. Years ago, maybe I want to say about 15 years ago, um, I got, re I was traveling, and at the end of uh, some travels, I got really sick. Like, I caught something, I caught something bad, and it was a brutal ride home, and I get home, and for like one week straight, I was so sick, like feverish, delusions, chills, I actually thought I was going to die, like it was really, really bad, and, and my mom and my younger sister showed up at my door bravely with flowers, and I just remember that filling my heart so much. And you know what? It helped me to get better. Um, many, many, many years ago, I was, uh, I was going to the University of Alberta in Edmonton, and I started in January. January in Edmonton. I didn't know anybody. It was cold. It was been there. Right? I, I, I refer to it as the concrete jungle. I mean, I'm a Kootenai girl. I'm used to, like, oh, dear. Oh, the contrast. Okay. Right? Victoria to U of A, right? And, you know, it's cold. It's freezing. And it's dark. And, um, yeah, and I didn't know anybody. And, and I was just, I was kind of really anxious and scared. And I just started feeling, like, really depressed. And I was, 
I was, was kind of in trouble this one night. I was like, wow, I can't do this. Um, my sister, she actually, my other sister, did live in Edmonton at the time, but Edmonton's really big, and she lived like on the other side of the river, so it's, it's quite a, a drive to kind of get through traffic. But I, I called her, and I said, I said, I'm, I'm in rough shape right now. And you know what? She got in the car, and it was late at night, and she drove over, and she brought a little lemon square. And it was so good. I remember sitting on the bed with her beside me and just kind of crying over this lemon square and, uh, and her presence and just that effort to come and drive over and just be with me. Man, that was just like so huge. You know, it just, it just filled my heart with so much. Just, I just felt so loved. It empowered me. I felt like I could do anything. I felt like I could do this. I could be okay. I can go on and on with all kinds of examples, and I'm sure that many of you could think of times too when someone has just come in in a sweet way, you know, with some, with kind, with some kind gesture or some just compassionate, just showing you some compassion and understanding, a listening ear, you know, maybe a prayer for you. Or We have such power to fuel each other by just showing each other just kindness and compassion understanding, just unconditional, in counseling, we call it unconditional positive regard. That's just like a bunch of nonsense words put together, but uh, <laughs> just really just communicating in word and deed and in presence, like, man, you are just so accepted for who you are and where you're at right now. When we can receive something like that, like it's, it's like so many things become better all of a sudden. Because that's what Jesus does for us. Jesus, he forgives us every time. He is nothing but mercy for us. Where sin abounds, grace triumphs all the more. His arms are always open wide, no matter how many times we stumble. That's Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's your Jesus. And we are free to do the same for each other. We are free to do the same for each other. He'll do the rest. He'll work out our salvation. He'll, he'll work out, you know, us becoming more like him. We don't have, we don't have to bear that burden. We, c we could just really just love each other. We have, like, the best job in the world. We, we can honestly just, just accept each other and be like, love you. Love you. Here for you. Love who you are today. It's such a cool job. Um... Anyway, I think that's all that that's all my heart to share today. Um, yeah, love you guys. Thanks for thanks for hearing me out. I, I just pray in the name of Jesus. Just pray that um, you'll be, yeah, that you will be blessed with just wearing that, that that yoke, running that race that was just tailor made just for you. That your walk um, with the Lord would be one that is just life giving, satisfying. Uh, builds you up, gives you a sense of meaning and accomplishment. Because um, when we're fully alive, you know, this world is a better place. So enjoy your time with the Lord this week. Enjoy your time in his word. I pray he'll just bring you all oh, stuff that is just going to empower you and fuel you and encourage you. He's so good. He's so faithful. He will do it as, as you just draw near to him, as you give him yourself. 
your time, your, your presence. God bless you.